0: we detected like $500,000 just in the first month of using the tool. And that was huge for us.
1: Welcome to the Ultimate Supplier Management Podcast from Apex Analytics. This is an audio version of a recent in-person presentation at SSOW. It featured Lewis Moore, GM of Procurement and Receivable Services at Delta Airlines. During the session, he discusses the last 15 years of deploying automation and different technology to help protect the airline against disruption. Since this was a presentation, there are slides you can download in the episode notes. With that, enjoy the show. So my name is Barry Cook. I'm the Director of Pre-Sales Consulting at Apex Analytics, and I'm joined by Lewis, the General Manager at Delta Airlines. And today we're going to present sort of, and look at the challenges that Delta has faced through the years of their AP and P2P processes, look at some of the technologies that they've used and invested in over those years, and how they've navigated the work from home challenges You know, with COVID without missing a beat there. So first of all, just a little bit about Apex before Lewis talks about the Delta journey. So, Apex is happy to help over 250 of 14,500 global 2000 clients. Our global supplier base includes, you know, some of the largest logistics, banking, energy, and pharma companies. And we also have over 40 million golden supplier records in our SmartVM database, as well as we offer the most validations available in any supplier portal with over 750 external third-party data sources for validations. And we do offer a range of different services, including audit services, as well as some technology solutions. And today, we're going to focus on our first strike in Supplier Portal Technologies. So with that said, let me hand off to Lewis, who's going to talk about the Delta journey.
0: Thanks, Barry. Well, I hope Delta brought most of you here to beautiful Orlando this week. And if not, I hope the next time travel is in your agenda that you will look to Delta. If you haven't noticed, you know, our planes are full again. Thank goodness. We've started flying back to most of the cities that we had had to give up flying to because of the pandemic. So travel is really back. And we're excited about that. Hope that you are too. And you're ready to get back out there and go. The screen you see up on the board now is a little bit about our organization. We have 80,000 employees, a lot of 326 destinations. We're considered one of the largest airports, airlines in the world. Now, since I'm really here to talk about accounts payable, I'll move on to our accounts payable operation. We have a service center at our headquarters in Atlanta for accounts payable and accounts receivable. That's the area that I oversee. We have about 18 people in our Atlanta office, and then we have a center in Manila in the Philippines. They have about 30 people that handle more of our transactional duties there. From a vendor perspective, we have about 35,000 active vendors and we pay out about $2 billion a month. So we have a lot of cash in our control in our office. And we get these invoices in, in a variety of ways. We have a iPayables electronic invoicing system. We, we have interfaces, we have EDI exchanges. We get expense reports through TNE program. We have a P card program, and then we do have some special handling duties. And I say this kind of as a joke, but it's really not a joke. You cannot run an airline without liquor. Most of the states, you know, you have to pay your liquor before you can get it. So that's one of those things we call special handling because we have to make sure that money is there for liquor, or or we may have a plane that won't go out. <laughs> This is a a timeline of our journey. I'm going to take you through a 20-year journey that we've been on. Starting about 2000 is when we selected our ERP system, which was SAP. And you see some of the major events that have happened through, through our history. You know, of course, September 11th was just the dreadful event for the airline industry, which led to most of the airlines filing for bankruptcy protection just a few years after that, which we did. And then after bankruptcy coming out, we knew there was we were going to have to find efficiencies and we were going to continue to, to operate the way we always had been, which led to a consolidation in the, in the industry. And most of the major airlines wound up merging. We merged with Northwest Airlines. And then after that came a prosperous time where we were able to acquire additional companies and, and acquisitions all, along the way. And then at the bottom of this, you can see some of the technology that's come about that's been driven by those major events. And you can see Apex Analytics has been a very big strategic partner for us and has helped us come from really going on SAP with no real controls prior to that to today, 20 years later, where we feel like we have a 360 degree framework of controls in place to keep us operating. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is cash, of course. After September 11th and and prior to going into our bankruptcy protection, cash was king. We were looking everywhere for cash. What we found was that SAP was not a good detector of duplicate payments. With SAP, you can add an A to the end of an invoice number, and that invoice is going to pass, pay on its way, and you'll never know it. You know, if you're not really looking for the right things to detect it, and usually it's going to be too late before you detect it and the payment's going to be gone. So we partnered with Apex Analytics and their first strike detection tool to help us prevent duplicate payments. First strike is basically a workbench that takes into account many different types of things to help you detect duplicate payments. Not only invoice number, but it's looking at invoice amounts, dates, vendors that have similar names. And you get that information in a workbench every day that you can actually review to determine if it's really a duplicate payment or not. Now, we detected like $500,000 just in the first month of using the tool. And that was huge for us. We were looking at going into bankruptcy, having no cash, so in one month to either prevent a duplicate payment or detecting a duplicate payment and being able to take that away from a future payment was just huge for us. And then just after two years of implementing the First Strike tool, we were actually able to recoup $12 million just in the first two years. So First Strike totally paid for itself in those less than two years that we had the tool running. Now, we still use that tool today. And the good thing about it over the years that we've been using First Strike is that we've been able to discover root problems. You know, at times we found new employees that needed additional training. We found vendors that were entering invoices into our e-invoicing system and they didn't get payment when they thought like they should. They would enter it again, manipulate the invoice number. So we were able to cover a lot of duplicate issues there that we were able to get to the root of and, and get those fixed. And now we're at a point where using our service center in the Philippines, because they're twelve hours behind us, the work that comes in here out of our office in Atlanta, they're able to review it while they're working their shift, which is during our nighttime. So we're able to actually stop those duplicate payments for ever even going out before we have our first pay run in Atlanta at ten a.m. every morning on Eastern Time. So first strike has been a huge, huge gain and win for us over the years that we've had that. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is the Apex vendor portal. This was another huge win for us as well. We sat down about three to four years ago and looked at all of our processes and what we, were, we still had in the office that was not an electronic format. And the thing that we came up with that we still had in place that was very manual was our vendor setup process. Now, probably like most companies, you get a form in, it's either not completed right, doesn't have the proper approvals, or it winds up having to go back, which takes more time, it's very inefficient. So we started looking for the vendor portal to help us with that process. Because we had been working for Apex so long, and we knew their products, we were able to sign on board with their vendor portal and streamline our vendor setup process. It's kind of an out-of-the-box system, but it was very customizable for us to be able to implement it the way we needed to, so that fields that are required have to be completed before it ever comes into us to do the setup. And it's electronic, so it doesn't have to be rekeyed huge win for us here. We don't have to manage a a mailbox for follow-up questions. When the vendor is set up successfully, it automatically sends a notification of what their vendor number is, so they have that for reference. We get proper tax ID numbers, they're validated, which we'll talk about that a little more as part of the, the portal. And banking information is validated. So we know the banking information is, is correct before it ever comes into SAP to be set up as a vendor. So a huge time saver for us. And this put us in a position to be ready for work at home when the pandemic hit. We were not planning on a pandemic and moving to a work at home environment. But when it did happen last year in March, it made an easy transition to go from working in the office to working at home. Now, another tool we leverage from APEX is their Fraud Detect. Hopefully, you'll be able to see a demonstration of this later at the end of this presentation or not at at the booth. But I know you're all familiar with OFAC and the prohibited vendor lists. This Fraud Detect allows us to run our vendors through Fraud Detect to determine if there are any vendors that we should not be doing business with. This obviously keeps us out of trouble all the way around. And just another aspect of this fraud detect module, our legal department came to me several years ago and said, you know, we know you're running your vendors through OFAC checks, but what about your customers on your AR side? We've been reviewing the laws and we've determined from reviewing the laws that not only should we not be paying these folks, we shouldn't be doing business with them at all. So we reached out to Apex and said, "Hey, you're doing this for us on the vendor side. Can you do this for us on our customer side as well?" Of course, they were more than willing. So we were able to to get that going. And believe it or not, we did have some customers show up on the the fraud detect module as being on prohibited lists. So we were able to keep ourselves out of trouble there. And we know you don't want to be flying on aircraft when you're dealing with people that are on these bad lists and and lists that you shouldn't be doing business with. So that was a big deal for us. And we really appreciate what Apex did for us and along those lines as well. Kept us out of a lot of trouble. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is recovery audit. If you're not, if your company is not, I strongly encourage you to do that. It's huge. We were shocked at the money that was out there that we didn't know about. We decided to do the recovery audit after our merger with Northwest Airlines. You know, after you merge, of course, it takes a while to get your systems integrated. So there was about an eight to 10 month period of time where Northwest had their systems, Delta had their systems. And we were processing payments in both systems, and we had come out and detected that some vendors may be sending their invoices to Northwest and then turning around and again sending it to Delta. So it was getting processed in both systems, paid out of both systems. So again, we were having duplicate payments, and First Strike at the time was just doing Delta invoices, so it wasn't being caught. So... We signed up with Apex to do our first recovery audit to take into account both Delta and Northwest invoice systems. And we were just shocked. We were finding so many, not only duplicate payments, but credits that we didn't know about, rebates, just all sorts of things. And it just wasn't good to have that money laying out there that we couldn't use, you know cash is king as the saying goes. So we still do this once a year, every summer during about three months, we let Apex come in, take all our vendor information, send out a letter to all our vendors say saying, send us a statement of account with Delta. They do. They go through and filter through and determine what is possibility is something we don't have in our system. And then they let us know and we're able to take the credit or the rebate or whatever's there that We might need. We recovered $2 million last year in this, which is huge. I mean, $2 million in any year is huge, but in the years that we've had, it's really huge. So I encourage you if you don't do a vendor audit, recovery audit, do one. You're going to be shocked. There's money out there. No, because a vendor is not going to let you know that you have money on account unless you go ask them for it. They've got it they're going to use it for their benefit. So I encourage you to do that. The good thing about the recovery audit is APEX does all the work. We give them our vendor list, they send the letters out, they work with the vendor, take care of it. They don't get paid unless we get money back or recoup it. So you're really not out anything. Now, just as kind of a finale and wrap up of what we got here, this is kind of our control framework that we have in place. Like I said, we come in the last 20 years from, from no controls to 360 degree. I know on here you see e-invoicing, which we didn't really talk about that much, but is all a part of our goals and our controls. Our philosophy and, you know, our mantra that we say is remove the manual processing, put in technology, automation, and remove that manual work. And you'll save and you'll protect your company. That's what it's really all about these days is is saving and protecting your company and and keeping the cash in your pocket and not your vendors. So I got finished faster than I thought it was, Barry. So (laughs) I'm going to pass it back to
1: Barry, who's going to talk more about the Apex tools for you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Louis. So one of the things we've got a lot of feedback from our clients on over the years is not just how do you sort of do a point in time fraud detect or, or risk but continuous monitoring so we have actually done some work and got some feedback from a lot of our clients on putting together sort of a combination of the fraud detect module that Lewis and Delta uses today in terms of you know looking at Supplier addresses? Are they prison addresses? Are they PO boxes? Things like is the employee data, when you cross-reference it with the supplier data, is there a match? Do you have employees set up as suppliers? Do you have the same tax ID? Things like bank ownership. Is this supplier known to Apex? And sort of putting that with a broader Risk platform. So I'm just going to go over a few slides of of some of that as well. And then I know we have a full demo on our website and some information at our booth if anybody's interested in getting some more information because I do want to give some time for some questions for Lewis as well. So this is just an example of one of the dashboards we developed, which is an example of an executive dashboard of risk. So it can be filtered by sort of geographical region and showing the medium and high risk vendors. And that is based on a composite risk, so risk across various different categories, as well as some trending analysis. In this particular one, we have some, some widgets that are around fraud and financial risk, but you may have reputational ethics and due diligence and some other things that are key to you that can be displayed here. Just a quick view uh, how we combine fraud detect into an overall three sort of 360 degree risk item here is this dashboard shows again, some of those fraud detect elements. So things like we said about bank ownership. Has there been frequent bank changes? Has there been a potential fraud on this account from one of our other clients? Is the bank ownership good? And so on and so forth. That fraud detect shows one sort of score that we can control with our data attributes and based on the supplier information we have on hand. But we also sort of combine that with third party sources. So on this particular screen here, you'll see, you know, we can integrate with if you already have a risk provider to get a third party risk score back combined with questionnaires to suppliers right so questionnaires to suppliers fill those out as well as sentiment from news reports so you know how do i you know based on keywords and those supplier names and countries what is the sentiment of that supplier are they from a supply chain risk perspective is there a potential risk there so we can put that together with a composite risk integrating the fraud detect items with third party sources and other attributes to give you a continuous monitoring of those suppliers and then Similarly here, this is one as it relates to financial risk. So financial risk of your suppliers that you may have a DNB, Alexis, Nexus, a rapid ratings in place today where we can pull in the scores from that, combine it with news sentiments, is there bankruptcy, other things in the news about this particular supplier, as well as things like just again, supplier questionnaires, how reliant is that supplier on you for your supply chain and so on and so forth. And then Finally, you know, if you wanted to sort of get more information on anything that we've talked about today, you know, we have a booth there and and we can email you a copy of this presentation as needed as well. So with that said, we have plenty of time for some questions for myself or for Lewis.
2: Yeah, let's tee up the questions, Nicole. I know I had one while we're getting teed up. I was curious about the fraud detection. I think you just answered it, Barry, though. is You're not labeling a vendor fraudulent or not fraudulent you're just giving a score on probability or characteristics so delta can still make a decision yeah. whether to take them off the list or do business right
1: you correct yeah and so mm-hmm. from a fraudulent and i'll let Let's give some real examples, but there are, I think, over 50 characteristics. So from, like I said, the address, is that PO box, is it a prison address? Is the bank account ownership good? Some of those same things. Is it on any of those prohibited lists? Again, we can match against a a client's employee database and and just give you a score. And it may require you to do some some due diligence and, and some research, but we're not we're not saying that, not, don't do business with them. We're not convicting
2: the vendor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, while we're waiting too, Lewis, I was curious, Chris from Delaware North, our uh, last presenter mentioned that they had implemented a no PO, no pay policy. Has Delta ever considered something like that or do you have something like that? Uh,
0: we have not. We do not have that in place right now. We do encourage POs. Right now we're... PO, 25% non-PO. But one thing that the fraud detect has helped us to do, we've been able to identify vendors that we're doing a lot of spend with that don't have contracts or purchase orders. So we've been able to share that information with our purchasing and the supply chain areas to actually go after some of that spend, try to get contracts in place and and save some money Mm -hmm. that way. So... Not only does it help us from a fraud perspective, but it's also helped us in that perspective as well to to get some
1: contracts in place for better pricing.
2: Okay. I think this one's for you, Barry. Are you compatible with Oracle?
1: Yeah. We're ERP agnostic. So we have clients on Oracle, Lawson, JDE, et cetera.
2: Okay. Louis, do you Uh, use Ariba at Delta?
0: We do not use Ariba. We've looked at them several times, but we've never felt like they met the needs that we had.
2: A question to expand on your e-invoicing journey. You said getting (laughs) manual processing out of the process was key, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, E-invoicing was actually one of the first things we implemented 20 years ago, we signed on with a supplier called iPayables. It's a great system. It works for us. Uh, as a matter of fact, several of the other airlines use the system as well. We send our PO data, our GL information, our vendor information electronically then to every, every night. So it updates their system. Then the vendors are able to sign in and enter their own invoices there electronically. It comes back to us electronically into the system. So we only have to work error queues. And like I say, we signed on with them 18 years ago, I guess, and we're still with them today. They've been meeting our needs ever since.
2: Okay. This looks like an IT question, Lewis. Do you have APIs that extract data from the ERPs and feedback or put hold on vendor invoices? So I guess that one's probably for
1: me. So no. we do have APIs or batch processing for extracting data and putting data back into the ERPs, yes.
2: Validation of banking, Barry, how do you do that? Or maybe that's for Lewis. How do you validate vendor banking if not available through APEX?
0: We have a two-step callback process where we contact the business unit to verify the information. And then we actually call the vendor back at a verified number to verify the information manually. Of course, the portal does that for us now as well, so we don't have to do the callback. So if it validates through the portal, we don't have to do the callback. We just do that if if the portal
2: doesn't validate. (laughs) What is your favorite flight you've taken on Delta?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, we fly to six continents, so the choices are endless. But I have to say my favorite destination I've been to is Iceland. I was quite surprised. You think of Iceland being this cold, desolate continent, but it's not. It's very green, lush. Lots of things nature-wise, you know, from glaciers to volcanoes to waterfalls. Very, very interesting place.
2: My wife is a flight attendant with your airline. Our favorite is Tokyo. (laughs) (laughs) One of the longer flights you've got. Yes, very long. Are your suppliers required to manage their own banking information through the portal?
0: Yes, absolutely. That is one of the benefits of using the portal. You can do it all through there so you don't have to get involved manually. Okay. And we require that now.
2: I always ask the question when I'm talking to someone in accounts payable, do you take advantage, if you can pay early, do you take advantage of discounts or use dynamic discounting? We do. Delta?
0: We, we we do take early discounts if they're offered.
2: Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you measure how much you get in a year per se? Or?
0: No, we yeah. don't really measure that. We have several early discount programs we use, so no, nothing overall.
2: Okay. It's good practice, though, if you're in the accounts payable business. Yeah. A lot of vendors will give you, say, a 2% discount if you can pay within 10 days or something like that. Okay. Barry Lewis. Great presentation. Let's give Barry Lewis a hand. That's a lot of money you save. Yeah. Yeah.